about the Holy Spirit. We looked at the book of John, chapter 14, verse 15 to 18, where it was revealed that the Holy Spirit is the, another counselor. He is the counselor. Because Jesus said, and I will, give, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, verse 16. Really, yesterday, what I did not tell you is that Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as another counselor, which means Holy Spirit will just continue the work of Jesus Christ. While he was on earth, he was the counselor to all his disciples. All right? And he said, I will send you another. In other words, I will send you the Spirit who will just continue the same work I'm doing with you. And then... He went further to say, it's the spirit of truth. Verse 17. And in verse 17 he says, but he lives with you and he will be in you. Those four things in those verses are powerful statements that you must understand and accept. Alright? That the Holy Spirit is in me and Holy Spirit is with me. Hallelujah. Anywhere I go, Holy Spirit is in me, and Holy Spirit is with me. The Holy Spirit does not want me to lose that understanding. He is with me. So if I'm conscious as a Christian that Holy Spirit is with me, I'll be careful the things I do. Are we together now? Come on now, let's talk together. We talk. Yeah? Holy Spirit is in me, and He is with me. So if you know that He is with you all the time, and conscious that He is with you, it will, will guide the things you do. You wouldn't want to go to where Holy Spirit would not like to go. You wouldn't want to say the things Holy Spirit would not like to hear. You would not like to get engaged in discussion that Holy Spirit hates. If you are conscious that He is with you, and He is in you, now, lack of consciousness of that is the major reason why Christians don't manifest. Many Christians don't manifest the Holy Spirit. Not because it's not there. So, Holy Spirit is my counselor. He wants to tell me everything. He wants to counsel me in every situation. Instead of me crying and saying my life is over, I don't know what is going on with me. I do know when things come to an ebb, I know that I need to hear from the Holy Spirit. And instead of me scratching my head, which cannot give me results, or crying, or weeping, agonizing, I just switch to the one that is with me. And the one in me. And I can also always say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do anymore, but you take care. And when I tell him to take care, I don't care what happens thereafter. Because if I bother, after that, then it means I don't really mean that he should take care. If I say to him, take care, and I move on, and I forget about what I was troubled by, then it means I have confidence in him that he has taken care. If I need the direction, I can say, show me the truth. Speak to me. What is about this? Lord, talk to me, Holy Spirit. He will tell you the truth. The second thing that is so powerful that we looked at is 
John chapter 15, verse 26. When the, counsel, when the counselor comes, whom I will send in my father's, from my father, the spirit of truth, who goes out from my father, he will testify about me. So I explained to you yesterday that the Holy Spirit is always wanting to testify about Jesus. That is, anything Jesus said, Holy Spirit make it happen. Anything the Bible says, the word, Holy Spirit makes it happen. He's always wanting to testify. And in talking about that, I told you that you must be very careful about prophecies. Really, after the meeting yesterday, I was told about um, a, a young man. They said he's on television, all over the whole television now. Just give him word of knowledge, word of knowledge, word of knowledge. Somebody give me word of knowledge. How do you know if it is the word of knowledge from God? Because anybody can give word of knowledge. But how do you know it is from God? It testifies to Christ. It says, it will glorify me. So, if word of knowledge is from God, it glorifies the Lord, not the one who speaks it. And where you see somebody operating in a word of knowledge, only for him to be recognized by men, then he's not from God. Are we together now? Someone gives word of knowledge only to raise money, it's not from God. And really, if word of knowledge will glorify God, what will he do? It says, it will, it says in verse 12 of chapter, 7, chapter 16, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. So therefore, how do you know word of knowledge from God? If a word of knowledge is here, it will identify problems and it will tell you the solution. Because all that Jesus has, the Father has, is, is the Lord's. And what the, the Holy Spirit will testify about Jesus and glorify Him. Now if in word of knowledge, God spoke about somebody who is sick. It is impossible for that person to remain sick. Because when God reveals it, it is the will of Christ that Holy Ghost must satisfy. And the will of Christ for the sick is what? To be healed. Because by his stripes, you were healed. You were made whole. He was wounded because of your transgression, chastised because of your iniquities. The chastisement that makes him whole is upon him, makes you whole, is upon him by his stripes. You were healed. It's for the whole Christian world. God is talking about. Jesus paid the price before you were born again. So that when you get born again, you can draw the check. It's a blank check. So therefore, word of knowledge can only be understood from God when it is given and it glorifies God. Not just telling people what will make them feel happy. You are a lawyer, aren't you? That's a word of knowledge. You are a doctor, aren't you? Really, your father's name is uh, Moses, isn't it? All those ones are trash. Because all what I'm saying now doesn't glorify God. God is interested in solving problems and solving it now. You know, in the midst of people, whenever Holy Spirit picks up a problem, He never leaves it undealt with. And that is how you know people who are speaking of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, in that chapter 16, verse 7, 
uh, verse, from verse 7, he says, it is good for, for, you know, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going. And this will be a prime, prime um, statement from where we dive into other things. So if you look at all those verses from chapter, chapter 16, 7 to 15, it's all, there are five things that is, that is spoken in those verses. One, he will guide you, Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. That's number one. Number two, Holy Spirit will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears from Jesus. Number three, he will tell you what is yet to come. He will tell you the future. The future, the future, the future. And I reminded you here that the Holy Spirit told us about the economic crisis. And I reminded you on Sunday. And it, starts, it happened just before Friday, before today. Isn't it? That is the future. Now the Holy Spirit has warned us what is going to be the end of this, this uh, problem that started in China. You remember I told you that China is going to crash. And then the crash will go like a ripple. And then it will hit America. And it will bring America down. And once America is down, everybody follow. So if you look at those who are speaking now, some are saying that, well, it doesn't have much effect on us. Maybe it will have, maybe it not. But God has said it's going to pull everybody down. So either they understand or they do not understand, the whole world is coming down again. Financially, why? Because God said, by the Holy Spirit, I will collide with the God of this world and I will destroy their reliance so that mortal men may learn to rely on me, says the Lord. So, Economic-wise, the world is going for a very terrible time. More terrible time than Black Sunday or Black Monday or Black Tuesday or Black Friday or Black Thursday or Black Saturday or Black... Uh, 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 yeah, whatever again. <laughs> black everything. Thank God there's no Black Sunday because they don't trade on Sunday anyway. <laughs> they left that for us. So Holy Spirit will tell you the future. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit told us here that in those days of the crash, economic crisis and disaster all over the whole place, earthquakes, more earthquakes, and some cities will submerge and they will be forgotten forever. And the, the, you know, the, the, the coastal will, will burst, you know, the, the, the sea will burst through the coast and you know, a lot of calamities will get to happen. The Lord told us that he will, he will keep his own people in the midst of it. And he will save his own people in the midst of it. So you better serve Jesus well now. Because if the first thing he said came to pass, then everything he said will come to pass. He said the Lord, how to, the Lord knows how to protect his own people in the, days of, in the days of his judgment. Isn't it? In the time of plenty, in the time of famine, my people will what? Enjoy plenty. So that scripture has to be fulfilled by real famine coming upon the world. Uh-uh. You know what happened now? This thing is 10, 10% to finish. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost does not finish. So, talking about that, therefore, I want us to now go further to the fact that Holy Spirit is always wanting to tell you the truth. Now, let's look at how Holy Spirit spoke to human beings. Look at the book of Acts. Chapter 8, verse 26 to 30. Can Pastor Baba get my charger and probably get the adapter, you know, by the chair there? 
It has uh, my charger in it. It has a charger with it. Let's look at how Holy Spirit has spoken to our predecessors. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road. Who spoke to Philip? An angel of the Lord. Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way, on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. I want to show you something about this Isaiah the prophet. Okay. And on his way, yes, the next verse please. He says, the Spirit told Philip. What told Philip? What was the first one who spoke to him? And now? All right. Now, I want you to understand this. The scripture says in that John chapter 16, don't go there, I just read it. Verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Okay? So, from John, it is the duty of the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Isn't it? Then it says, he will not speak of his own. He will speak of only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. If it is the Holy Spirit that is given the duty to tell us what is yet to come. Alright? Now, let me ask you. When I tell you prophecies and things that will happen to you, or things that will happen to the nations, who is speaking? Holy Spirit. So if an angel gives you instruction, who is speaking? Holy Spirit. In the case of man, you can understand easily because he uses man. Same thing, he uses angels as mediums. Because it's only the Holy Spirit who can tell the mind of God, not an angel. That's the reason why people who worship angels, it is demons they worship, not the angels of God. Angels of God don't take worship from anybody. When you have people begin to say, Angel Michael, holy. Angel Raphael, holy. Angel Jawin, holy. Angel Uriel, holy. There is no such angel existing at all. They are all demons of hell. Because no angel can speak but by the Spirit. And when the Spirit starts speaking, the mouth of the angel is shut. So, God still, Holy Spirit still sends angels on earth. And it still speaks through angels. In this season. Some of us encountered that. You will encounter it too. You know, the reason why the Bible did not stop. That is, all the experiences you read in the Bible. That God did this through a man. God did that through a man. In our time, you see happening. So some of us. And that is the evidence that the Bible is not a storybook. It is God's life manual. For every human being. But you can only access it. Through Jesus Christ alone. That's the reason why anybody who is not born again. 
All these things I'm talking about, they cannot access it. But I will give you one more here. So, Holy Spirit speaks through prophets. Yes. Don't let me, don't let me call it prophets. Holy Spirit speaks through man. Hmm? So that you don't think you are excluded. Some of you will say, I'm not the prophet. Holy Spirit speaks through man. And you did that a few minutes ago to one another. Then Holy Spirit speaks through angel. But what about this last part of it? He spoke to Philip. Did Philip see him? No. <laughs> and that's where we're going. Holy Spirit speaks to you. You don't have to see him. Let me tell you how Holy Spirit speaks to man. The first dimension is through your thoughts. We looked at that yesterday from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9. You sp- it speaks through your thoughts. The second way is through audible voice. Audible voice means a voice like you are hearing me. You can hear, oh God, speaking like that, but through the Holy Spirit. And some other time, most times, he speaks to your mind like a thought will flash in your, in your mind. But the difference between that thought and your normal human reasoning is this. When that thought flush in, flash into your mind, suddenly, other contrary thoughts will begin to develop. Okay? But that thought will not be in the midst of the, of the you know, um, confusion. It will stop. And when all the thoughts have gone, why that cannot be, why it shouldn't be, Suddenly, you are calm again. The thought will come back again. The same thing. Because Holy Spirit does not. When Holy Spirit gives an instruction, he, when he comes back, he does not rephrase himself. No, he, he repeats himself. That's how you know it's the Holy Spirit. But then when he comes back again, he comes very strongly. To the extent that sometimes the whole of your body will be captivated and be taken over. That you will feel totally inconvenient in your body unless you do that which is speaking to your spirit. You can lose your joy, you can lose your peace, and everything can go away while inside you. Until you do that which is speaking. Every one of you hear him in your mind. Of course, the degree of, 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 of hearing in the mind varies from one person to the other. Some of us have developed ourselves to easily distinguish between the Holy Spirit and the voice that is of our spirits or the spirit of the devil. What will help you develop your hearing? The Word of God. The Word of God. If you are a reader of the Bible, that a person who studies the Bible regularly, The more of God you read in the Bible, the more you will be used to the way God constructs his sentences. The more you will be used to his vocabulary. And the more distinct his voice will become to you. That's the reason why when you read the Bible, either you read it just as a sleeping tablet, because some people when they want to sleep, they just read the Bible to sleep. Hallelujah, somebody. It's a good attitude. I've told you yesterday, let, let it be in your life all the time, every day. The last thing your eyes see and your, your, you, you think about before sleeping should be the Bible. You do that, it will change your dreams. Some Christians say they have nightmares. 
What did you think last before you slept? Okay? Each time you read the word of God, it deposits God in you. And the little deposit, little drops of water, does what? Form an ocean, isn't it? So, each time you read the word, either you read it as a medicine. The Bible says your word is medicine to my bones. Or you read it to study because you want to know knowledge. Whichever way you read the Bible, as long as you read the Bible regularly, the more regularly you read the Bible, the more your mind develops. And what will happen to you? Romans chapter 8 will happen to you. They should put it on my face. I have an adapter in my room there that has all the charger stuff, the white adapter. I have it there. Just bring the white adapter by my chair. And I will do it. You don't need this one. Alright. So, the first thing that you need to concentrate on is the, reading the word of God. That is, studying the word of God. Using it like a medicine. You know, when doctor gives you medicine, say take two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the night. Hallelujah, somebody. And when they tell you take one in the, two, two in the morning, two in the evening, two in the night... We do it religiously. We can't wait for, if they say, every 8 a.m., take two. Especially if the disease is the one they said, it will kill you. Hallelujah. <laughs> every human being is the same. When they hear death, my, oh, my, they come to church. Amen. <laughs> So therefore, if you read the word of God religiously, each time you read it, it deposits God into you. Don't forget that. Now, what will that change? What does the word of God change in you? Your mindset. For every manifestation of the Bible to the life of a man, your mindset must connect with the mindset of God. Look at that verse 16 of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians very quickly. And then we go back into the chapter 8. Shall we read this together? Excuse me. Who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So inside you there are two minds. Okay? There is the mind of Christ that is given to you by the Holy Spirit when you go born again. But there is your human mind. So, which means therefore... If you look at this scripture, it says, Who has known the mind of the Lord, all right, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Which means, if you read back from verse 12, or verse 10 of this scripture. Well, let's read verse 12. 
but no, nine. What are no, no eyes have no ears have had, no mind has seen, conceived, and no eyes have seen what God has you know prepared for those who love Him. The next verse 10, therefore, he says, But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. Okay. God revealed this to us by the Spirit. And I want to say that the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, who no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So now, if God has thoughts, in him God has mind, and the name of the mind of God is the mind of Christ. Because Jesus has said to you in John chapter 16, all the Father has is mine. So now, when Jesus has said that therefore, and Holy Spirit came, when Holy Spirit comes into you, he gives you the mind of Christ. And it is through the mind of Christ, from the evidence of the scripture, that you are able to know the deep things of God. Alright, so it means that in the mind of your spirit, which is the Holy Spirit in you, is everything you need to know. Now, when do we utter it? We utter it, we utter those mysteries, whenever our human mind is able to read from our spiritual mind, which is the mind of Christ. So, whenever your human mind is able to read through the mind of Christ, you begin to utter what God has really given. If you look at this scripture really, he went further to say that this is expressed in the message that we preach. This scripture is really, you know, um, is categorically speaking about preaching. This scripture. Okay? Let's read further. So I can get that. Yes, the next verse, 13. Verse 13 says, this is what we want. This is what, let's read together, want to go. So now you understand the fact that all this statement that the Bible is saying from verse 9 is talking about preaching the word of God and speaking the word of God. Either you are preaching the word of God or you are speaking the word of God, you are operating with the mind of Christ. So whenever I want to preach, understand, we may write our sermon down, good. Who gave us the sermon? Holy Spirit. Why we are what? Studying the word of God. He access our mind through the mind of Christ in us. And when we come in, we write all the bullet points down, and sometimes we could not turn to it, and we just keep on speaking. Who did that? Holy Spirit. Because that message you have written down is not for that meeting. It's for another meeting. Though he has given you preparing for this meeting. And then he starts talking about some other things this meeting. What helps us to do that? The mind of Christ in us. Because he says this is what we express by speech. Not taught by human wisdom. When you see ministers who speak from head knowledge, you will know that you will sleep when they are talking. Within five minutes that they are talking, you are in a coma. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will need a respirator to bring you back after they have finished their speech. It will look like good talk at the beginning, 
The sick will remain sick. There will be no illumination to anybody. Nothing to challenge your, your life, to challenge your work. You, you won't draw anything out of it to land. It's just a good speech of quoting, you know, um, Ferdinand Magellan's quoting. You know, you don't know what I'm talking about. Pastor just came from Vasco da Gama's country. Quoting Vasco da Gama, do you understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> you need to go to Portugal to get that. Now, <laughs> quoting all these philosophers, aristocrats and all stuff, aristos and, and all Galileo and the rest of them. Look, let me say something to you. Those is head knowledge. So you will sleep. But whenever you open your mouth and speak by the mind of the Spirit, the heart of man will be revealed to them. What they are looking for will be spoken to them. Somebody who is desiring a particular thing will hear God clear, telling him that you get that thing right now. But, if you look at it, it says, this is what we speak. So either by preaching, by prophesying, you are speaking. So, we settle today that we all have the mind of Christ. Come on, I can hear you. Amen. You know, when I ask you something that you are sure of, I don't want, you know, a easy believism, amen. I want an amen that come out of cognition. I would gather, Selah, think about it and speak. Yes, I believe that, Pastor. I say you have the mind of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Devil can have it. It was a gift. The day you said yes to Jesus, God gave it to you. Okay? Alright now. So by the mind of Christ you can see. Now, let us now look at the practical thing you need to do. To keep yourself balanced in the mind. is in the book of Romans chapter 8. The greatest dilemma of human beings is concentration. Concentration. Or yesterday I talked about meditation. And if you want to go deeper, you talk about cogitation. C-O-G-I-T-A-T-I-O-N. That is a high sense of deep thinking over a particular matter that can cause you to be sleepless because you are investigating in your thoughts. And sleep will just vanish. Something that worries you. That is the state of mind of Daniel in chapter 7 when he saw the vision of the end time. You talk about that in September. He said the cogitation that went through your mind. Now how can you develop this argument of yours? Because the degree of your ability to cogitate or meditate determines the height of hearing you can attain or vision or revelation or manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now look at it. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death because 
What the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering, to be... To be a sin offering, and so he condemns sin in the sinful man, the next verse, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to what? But according to what? Come on now. (laughs) The righteous requirement fully met in those who made up their mind not to live according to sinful nature. Knowing that Holy Spirit is in you and He is with you. That consciousness. That's the reason why when God, when we, when we rapture, they will play the tape of our life before everybody. Uh, are we here? Someone says that, but God has forgiven us all our sins. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Second Corinthians 5.10 And we come back to this verse 4 here. Let's read together. Second Corinthians 5.10 One, two, go, we read. Aha. Uh-huh. Ah, so bad things will be revealed. Listen to me. They are forgiven, but they will be revealed. You know why it will be revealed? Because the Bible says so. So now, don't do bad. Because before the whole church, on the day of reckoning, it will be played. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. You know what makes Christians do bad? When you lose the consciousness that the Holy Spirit is in you and with you at the time you are doing those things. So which means therefore for your human mind to be developed to be able to access the spirit mind. Change your mind who is your master. Be conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit. A mistake is different from a deliberate sin. Act. For the... Go back to 4. 8-4, Romans. For the righteous requirement of the Lord to be fully made in a man, it will be men who decided not to live according to the sinful nature my body wants me to do this, I say no to it because I know it is sinful. Holy Ghost is here. How can I use the body of the Holy Spirit to do this? I got found myself in the company of people who are maligning other people, pajoras and all sorts of that. I thought, how? Holy Spirit, you're hearing it. You're here. I'm sorry. Pack my bag and I move. Come back, come back. I will see you. You won't say see you later. No later there. I'm not seeing you anymore because the Bible says in, in the book of Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not the counsel of the wicked. And you tell them, you are wicked people. The Bible says you don't walk in your counsel. 
Sit at the seat of scoffers. You are scoffers. I will not come to your counsel or, 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 or work in the ways of ungodly. You are ungodly. You tell them so that they will hate you well. The better they hate you, the better for you. Are you with me now? But how can they hate you to that level unless you tell them what they are by the Bible? To their faces and tell them, I don't want to be part of it. Holy Ghost is in me. He's with me. I don't want to hear that kind of stuff, man. If you do that, you will redeem yourself and redeem those wicked people. Your friends will come to you later and say, it's the truth you are telling us, you know. I also thought about it when you left. Okay, I will not be involved in that anymore. So we become calm then. You tell them now we are groups. We become calm. But for you to be there and they are saying it and you are laughing, you are part of them. They are traps of the enemy to debase our mind. Look at the next verse 5. I love it. Those who live according to the sinful nature, what? Let's read together. Those who live Then, finish. Mindset. You want to hear God? Change your mindset. Hello? Are we together in this house? I say you want to hear God. Change your mindset. (laughs) That's it. Just change your mindset. You see something with um, Philip? Let's see the mindset of Philip that brought God to speak to him. I think that would be a good practical. Go back to Acts chapter 8. What about the man Philip? You know, in chapter 6, they just appointed Dickens. 7. Go to chapter 7 for let me see. No, 7 is about Stephen. Six is where they appointed deacons. Then, go to chapter 8. They appointed some deacons together. One of them was Nicholas. Okay? Was a deacon. And then you have Philip. But look at what happened. Chapter 8, verse 1. It says, Persecution arose. And Saul was there giving approval to this, this to, 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 to the death of Philip. Of, of Stephen. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. Listen to these church members. And all except the apostles who are scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So the apostles remained in time of persecution. To face the persecution. But church ran away. Hallelujah. But they are running to fulfill prophecy. They are not running to run away from God. Because the reason why Jesus allowed persecution, Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you will be my witnesses, was in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But when the Holy Ghost came, they were having their cool. Everybody was having church, enjoying themselves in Jerusalem, a neat family. You can imagine one day preaching, 3,000 people got saved. Then what else? Everybody was flexing his muscles, enjoying himself. But God, Jesus said, go out and preach. They didn't go. So he gave them persecution. When persecution arose, they ran. Are we together now? But as they ran, look at what happened. The next verse. 
Godly members receive it and mourn deeply for him. And then what happened? But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women of the, and put them into prison. Correct? Those who had been scattered, what? What did they do? Those who are scattered did what? I'm talking about mindset. Mindset. They had problem, but that problem did not hinder them from their real person. Preaching the word of God in the midst of... It's like those people who ran from Syria and they had, um, you know, uh, Cyprus. Is it Cyprus? Huh? Yeah, Macedonia and stuff. And while they were in Macedonia, they begin to tell all the police, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know Jesus Christ came to the world? Do you know he died for you? Among them, you know they have problem, but their problem was not their priority, but that the people should hear the gospel of, of salvation. Though they have problem, but they put their problem behind. We were talking about Jesus. A mindset. Now, if somebody talk about Jesus, what will Holy Ghost do? Testify to Jesus. Isn't it? And these people had, they were refugees. Okay? They don't know where to eat, how to eat, what will happen next. But their mindset is that people must hear about the gospel. Either I die or I eat or I don't eat. People must hear about the gospel. Mindset. This is the mindset the church of God today need to have so that the Holy Spirit can walk through you. If all your mindset is me, 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 walk, walk, earn money, eat money, and die. Holy Ghost cannot walk through that mindset. Your mindset has to change. Listen to what happened therefore. They were preaching the word, every one of them. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, running, running for his life, and proclaimed what? The Christ there. So what happened? When the crowd heard Philip and saw Miraculous signs, which means when Philip preached Jesus, Holy Ghost testified to the preaching <clears throat> that it is true. And so, by miraculous signs and wonders, Philip never went to seminary. He, was not, he didn't go to Bible college. Philip was not a pastor. He was not an evangelist in the church. He was just an ordinary man appointed to serve bread called Dickens. You know the office of Dickens and Dickens is not spiritual office. It's obvious to serve, to wash toilet in church, to clean the floor, to clean the chairs. And when there are social issues, go and help the people. That's the, the, the meaning of deacon and deaconess. It's not spiritual office. It's an office for someone to serve. I was together now. And so, you don't expect them to carry the power of the apostle. In the natural sense. But, what happened with Philip is not recorded with Peter. Who was the head of the church, eventually. Or James. The wonder that happened with Philip, because Philip physically disappeared in a broad daylight by the Holy Spirit. Never did, was it recorded that Paul disappeared or, or Peter disappeared. Philip operated in the, uh, in the glorious body. That is the body of rapture. Because the body of rapture is just, if you think at a speed, at the speed of thoughts, you are in where you are going. When you have the glorified body, that's going to happen to you and I. Yeah. Come on now and say amen. Yeah. We will not need jumbo jets. We'll be faster than jets. Yeah. Hallelujah. But Philip entered into it before them because Philip, his mindset was Jesus first. Isn't that fantastic? 
So therefore, look at what happened. Miraculous signs and wonders. He did. They all paid attention to what he says. You know, one of the main reasons why we have Holy Ghost Convention, before we finish this meeting, you will manifest miraculous signs and wonders. Because we start talking about that tomorrow. You must manifest a miraculous sign and wonders. When we manifest a miraculous signs and wonders, England will pay attention. They will pay attention. Look, the ISIS will bow their head before the Lord. And that's the season the church is going into, September 2015. Look at what it says here. Evil spirit came out of many and many paralytics and cripples were healed. Who is walking through that now? Come on, say it loud. Alright then. The next verse says, So, there was what? Great joy in the city. There was great joy in the city. Mindset. Okay? So, now have a look at this scripture. This is the same scripture that went down. If, we, if you just go down to verse 20. The story that followed this is that, well, no. Well, the story that followed this was that in that city was a man who was an imposter. Alright? And Philip, let me say something to you about Philip. When Philip, after Philip ministered here, and the city gathered, and they were born again, he sent to the apostles to come and lay hands. Because, you see, the laying on of hands for people to be baptized with the Holy Spirit is a gift. The Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man. Okay? So Philip understood his own limits and his own grace. And when the apostles came, they touched them and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. But not only that. While they met a man there who was an imposter who had been doing magic, and people believed that the man had the power of God, this man in the city when he saw signs and wonders, he gave his life to Jesus. See, when we talk about how we will get Britain revived, I don't have long thought about that. Miracle is an English word. It's not from my mother's village. The word miracle is an English word. Isn't it you, you English? Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, my. It's correct. Yeah, my. Now, let me say something to you, therefore. <laughs> if God performs miracle, people will not call it magic. Because miracle is different from magic. When you see an amputated hand grow, a brand new one grow, perfect hand, or you see a blind eyes pop out and perfectly healed, or somebody who is decayed dead, and you spoke and it came out, they know this is not magic. They know that magician cannot do that. So what will happen to magicians? Magicians are people who look for, for power to misbehave. Magicians themselves will come and say, Ah, you are greater than me. I want to join your church. <laughs> it will happen to you. I say it will happen to you. It is grace of the Holy Spirit. Signs and wonders. And so, but after the man joined, and he claimed to be born again, after a while he discovered that Peter was laying hands on people that were receiving the Holy Ghost, but he wasn't collecting offering. He wasn't collecting offering. And he just, he just came to Peter and said to Peter, that, Come on, guy. Sir, I mean, this gift you have, let me buy it. I will pay 
for it. <laughs> because, of course, you cannot be doing mighty things like this without taking offering. So, Peter looked into his spirit and discovered that he was a magician. He wasn't told that. He knew it by the Holy Spirit. And he knew that the guy was just selfish. He was looking for power because he wanted to profit from it. And he said to him, your money perish with you. So you have no part in the kingdom. How can Peter tell somebody who was introduced to him as born again a member of the church before you came? And Peter said, you have no part in the kingdom because of the Holy Spirit. He will tell you all truth. He has been following them like he's part of them, but he is not part of them. But if you look further down, there are four. It is this same Peter, after the whole of this exercise, that the angel of the Lord said to him, go to the, to the road street, and you'll find this man, you know, you, you, you know, just go to that road and you find a man there. He went there, and the Holy Spirit said, join that man. What brought him to the place where he can hear angels, he can hear Holy Spirit was mindset. 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 So therefore, those who set their mind on the Spirit are the only people that can operate by the Spirit. I will together now. Now let me take you to further things, further areas that the Holy Spirit speaks to man. Let's go to the First Corinthians chapter 14. We are talking about Holy Spirit speaking to man. Chapter 14 from verse 1. What does it say? Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gift. Is that not talking about mindset? Alright? Setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. As Romans 8 says to you. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gift. Especially, what gift? The gift of what? That is Holy Spirit speaking to man. Holy Spirit speaking to man. Someone says that um, the gift of prophecy. Yes, 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 yes. What is the major purpose of the Holy Spirit? It is to reveal to you what Jesus has for you. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. What does it say? And afterwards I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will what? Come on now. Sons and daughters will what? So if the Bible says sons and daughters will prophesy. And First Corinthians says that you should desire to prophesy more. Go back to First Corinthians 14. Then you and I understand that Joel tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, the first mandate is sons and daughters to open their mouth and speak what heaven has decided, what heaven has declared, what heaven has said about situations. That is the first thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do through you and I. That you may have the knowledge of the mind of God and declare it. That is the major reason why the Holy Spirit came. It's not first for the healing of miraculous signs and wonders. It is for you to speak the mind of God to people but First Corinthians help us to understand, for that to be, you must change your mindset. Follow the way of love. 
Let me say this. If I have animosity against Pastor Nike, can Holy Spirit speak to me and I hear good thing about No, 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 no. My heart is contaminated. Even if Holy Spirit wanted to send me to her, he couldn't because I have developed this hatred for her. And what can make a man develop hatred for another man? Say it loud. Who is responsible to make you hate somebody? Say it very, very loud. Uh-huh. The devil, 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 devil. Who is he? Are you afraid to call the devil? Because the Bible says, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report, if there be any virtue of praise, consider this. Even if she offended me so terribly, okay, that I felt that for the offense, I have to hate her. Who caused that offense? Satan. To get who? Me, not her. Satan recognized that now, I'm seeking God, I'm seeking the power of God, I'm seeking to know God, I'm seeking to operate in the power. So how can he get me to stop? Cause somebody to hurt me so terribly. And if I can just change my mind from the things of heaven and not set my mind on the things of the flesh, which is hot, I will produce a bitter herb that will hinder the Holy Spirit. Who lose me? It's a matter of priority. Follow the way of love. And he got a desire spiritual gift, especially the gift of what? Prophecy. Why the gift of prophecy is where we'll stop today. And tomorrow we'll talk about tongue and interpretation. The next verse says, For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to himself, to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him, but he utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies does what? Say it now. How for what? Anyone who prophesies speaks to men. Anyone who speaks in tongues speaks to God. Understand the two because we dwell more on tongues tomorrow. Anyone who speaks in tongues speaks to who? God. So when I start speaking in tongues, it means that you can understand what I'm saying, isn't it? All the angels around me can understand what I'm saying. Correct? Demons can't understand what I'm saying. Amen? Because why? I'm speaking directly to who? To God. What am I speaking? Mysteries. Do I need to know the mystery? No. Someone says, you don't know what you are saying. Because you are saying mystery. Do you need to know mystery? No. Because it's called mystery. <laughs> that is one of the things that, that God uses to confuse the devil. When the devil sees us speaking in tongues, let's say you are surrounded by demons and the Holy Ghost just wake you up and you blah, 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 blah. And demons are walking, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? What is happening? But what you are calling for is reinforcement from heaven. Why are you still confused? What is this? What is this? Your connection to heaven has been made and God has sent his angel with chariots of fire. Before demons wake up, they have surrounded them. And then the Holy Ghost will change your tongue back to human tongue. And begin to say, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. I bind you. Angels will begin to bind them. The things you command after that is done. 
Let me tell you something about tonguing. Because tomorrow we'll talk more about tongue. Yeah, I was preaching in a church in Lagos. And in that church, God had devastated the witches so terribly. Because, you know, how God operated with me in that church is that, you know, one day God said I should cast out migraine from people, people's heads. So I commanded you, spirit of migraine, come out in the name of Jesus. And I saw something like bunch of sponge coming out of people's heads. They, they, they came out like this. And I said, Lord, what next? And the Holy Spirit said, command them to enter, to position themselves by witches. I said, position yourself beside all the witches. And I saw those bunches standing beside some people. That day I knew who was a witch in the church. (laughs) Hallelujah forevermore. Alright. So when you stood beside them, because in that church, many witches were members and they have been prophesying doom for 15 years before the Lord Jesus sent me there to go root them out. It's a Pentecostal church. And through them, many have been physically killed. Because they confess all this stuff. I said, enter into them. And those, those bunches, zoom. And they went, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, hearing, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to go. Ah! I said, hey, good for you. <laughs> So, members began to wonder, ah, prophet? Ah, he's a prophet, why should he be a witch? The Bible says Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. He made what? A public shoe. I love King James Version in this one. It says shoe. <laughs> S-H-E-W. Hello? So, when God messed them up terribly, terribly, the following day they went and they held the meeting, they said, that this one is terrible. Who sent this young boy? He doesn't fear his life. Let's teach him a lesson. So they now went to the council of witches in Lagos. How did I know this? The second day. Serious confession. And they came. They said they came and decided to send paralysis to me when I'm preaching. I'm talking about tongue. So I was preaching normally on the second, the third day, third day. Preaching and preaching and preaching. And suddenly, I couldn't preach in the dialect again. I was preaching in tongues. My message went into tonguing. And I was moving, demonstrating with my hand what I'm saying. But I was speaking in tongues. And I tried to speak in the dialect I knew what I was saying, but I was speaking in tongues. <laughs> and as I began to speak in tongues, suddenly the power of God moved. And then, two prophets stood up and began to prophesy. Do you know what happened? The first prophet said, I saw it, I saw it. And the other prophet stood up. While I was preaching, paralysis came in. The spirit of paralyzed me. And he came in into the church as he was coming with like a wild wind he was coming. They said, the prophet said, the four angels, the reason why I know it is God speaking. I know that God had revealed to me four angels that he assigned to me in ministry. As I'm standing here, they are standing right around me. Anywhere I go, they go. When I move, they move the same distance. These are the angels that when the time comes for manifestation, 
by the Holy Spirit, something they begin to trigger things. And when they trigger things, I, I, I became somebody different. Totally different. The angels held their hands together and turned to a wild wind around me. So I was in the midst of the angels like a wild wind in a conical form. So when this paralysis hit the angels, it went back in a terrible speed. That was the time I was speaking in tongues. And the, the heaven broke loose over the meeting. And people started speaking in tongues. People were filled with the Holy Ghost and manifestation of tongues. And then when that had been done, I came back to my normal self. And I began to speak in the dialect. Because when you speak in tongues, you speak directly to who? And what do you speak? Do you need to know it? It's mystery. But, it says, but when you speak, when you prophesy, you speak to men for three things. Strengthening, an accident, you will Someone says that thus said the Lord, this person will have an accident, you will have an accident as you are going to the travel. You are going to die. I will tell the person that I am dead already. I, the Bible says death is the destiny of all men. You can't scare me with death. I'm not one of those to be scared with death. Why? Because I will die anyway. If your eyes open and you see heaven once, you will not want to live in this world anymore. I, I sleep every day to expect my last sleep. What is in this world? Nothing except pain and sorrow. If you are okay, the problem of others will make you not okay. Are we together now? If any one of you young growing up, you think that you come to a time where you'll be very okay, comfortable, you know, because where you have money and you, are, you become a CEO of a company or you own your company and money is coming in, it's the beginning of sorrow. Because the more, the richer you are, the more human beings will depend on your riches. And the more you will make sure, you want to make sure that you don't disappoint those human beings. Because families attached to them, who have to survive by what is coming from you to them as wages. So it's a, I was told, I was told, I was told, um, you know, by an institution just a few days ago to write my role. You know, what is my role in my, in my work? And when I started writing, I wrote and what I do, things I do. I wrote and wrote and wrote. I wrote to a place that I was scared of myself. That you mean, <laughs> you mean you do all these things. No wonder I couldn't sleep like other people sleep. Huh? No wonder I couldn't enjoy my wife like other people enjoy their wife. No wonder I couldn't enjoy my children. This world is a place that's, we better get out quick. <laughs> Therefore, listen to me. If anybody threatens you with a prophecy, tell him you are a liar. Get out of him, you devil. Because prophecy is supposed to comfort, encourage, and strengthen you. The prophecy that, do not let that prophet lie before you rebuke the spirit speaking through his lips, you will be shocked that he will manifest demons. You cast out the devil out of him straight away. Don't, don't respect a man of God when he manifests demons. Rebuke and cast the demon out of him. People who always have prophecy of evil, of evil, they are from the devil. Because the Holy Spirit testifies about the Son. 
And prophecy is a medium of communication, remember? Holy Spirit speaks through prophets, he speaks through angels. And all the ones you have seen, he gives them direction. Unless you're a rebellious person, then he will warn you that if you don't repent. Verse 4 is the last of it. Let's read verse 4 together. Did you see it now? The word edifies there means build up. Now tomorrow we'll talk about tongues. Okay? But tonight I want, you to, I want us to, to remain on Holy Ghost speaking to man. Prophecy. When you prophesy, you build up the person beside you. Now let me say this, therefore, the gift that make prophecy, we'll look at it tomorrow, in the same, in chapter 12. Word of knowledge is prophecy. Word of wisdom is prophetic gift. Then the gift of prophecy. Word of knowledge, understand any gift, alright, that build others up, is prophetic gift. A gift that will give Understand to someone literally and direction somebody is prophetic gift. So either you prophesy thus says the Lord, this is what God is saying to me about you, this and this and this is what you are going through, and this and this is what will happen. In the midst of the delivery of such, word of knowledge might have operated and word of wisdom in establishing the prophecy. Are we together? Or people come to you, they have issues and problems and quarrels and you will have an understanding of the solution which none of them saw. That is word of wisdom. And when you speak, they will wonder, who? How did you know that? It's word of wisdom. Word of knowledge, it can give you pre-knowledge, foreknowledge, and post-knowledge. We'll talk more about that as we go into this, to the details from tomorrow. But for tonight, okay, the Bible says, Go back to my Corinthians, please. He who speaks in tongues edifies the church, but he who prophesies edifies, uh, he who speaks in edifies himself, build up himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, build up is edify, build up the church. So, now, if you have an opportunity to speak in tongues or to prophesy, which one should be the priority? Come on, I can hear you. I cannot hear you. Which one do you think God will be happier to do? Why? Because you are servicing some other people. You are not self, 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 self. Only yourself, only yourself. No, you are people-minded. That is the reason why Joel said, Last day I put my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters, we prophesy. Sons and daughters, we prophesy. Sons and daughters, we prophesy. Sons and daughters, we'll prophesy. Sons and daughters, we'll prophesy by the Holy Spirit. So, it is not something that you can say, Shall I prophesy or not? Because it's not, it's not mechanical. It's not something you say that, now nah, I want to prophesy now, nah, now nah, listen to me. No, 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 no. I'm just hearing God for you. I'm hearing God for you. It's not mechanical. Because it is the Holy Spirit that determines when to speak and through who to speak. And to whom he will speak. 
You can sit down in church with a sister or a brother and your Holy Spirit will drop something about that person in your spirit. And before you leave, you can just say, oh, how are you there? I just had this in my spirit now. Does that relate to you? Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's the solution to the reason why he's been fasting and praying. That is the answer. Don't you think that prophecy is shake your head, shake your head, shake your head. Thus, thus, say it, say it, say it. The Spirit, Spirit of the Lord. Listen to me. Because we need to understand this stuff. Because some people, when I was young in the church I grew, the moment someone begins to speak in tongues, all of us will cover, we will bend our head to the, to the ground. God is here. And they say, don't see eh? the Spirit of the Lord. All the women will cover their head with, with veil. And in that church, only two people continue to say, don't see eh? the Lord, day in and day out. All of us are just receivers. Hallelujah! And whenever they say, don't see at the Lord, you don't argue with it. Even if it's not the Lord speaking, you have to do it. But when I grew in God, I discovered that God, when he went to Abraham, he didn't say, they just said, shall we hide from Abraham what we're about to do in Sodom? And they went to Abraham and said, Abraham, oh, how are you, Abraham? And Abraham said, Lord. So, either you begin by saying, don't see at the Lord. Or you just start talking. Alright? It doesn't matter. As long as it is God speaking. So, let's come down to this fact. That we all can prophesy. I know that many times when we say you should prophesy... What you always do is to speak in tongues first. Yes. But if you read the scripture in chapter 14, he explained it further, that when you speak in tongues and you interpret it, that is you spoke mystery and then you give us understanding, then that is prophecy. You know, many of us, because we have this mindset that to prophesy we have to shake, like people who have been doing so, and there is a format that cannot be broken, don't see it, the spirit of the living God. Then if it's not there, God is not speaking. But when God spoke to your mind, did he say that? Never. When he gave you thoughts of things you should do, did God say that? Never. He just spoke to you like a friend. Now, so put up the cloth of dust here, the Lord now, and just, you know, <laughs> say, <laughs> speak normally. <laughs> take, take Holy Spirit like, you know, your friend, you know, your dad who is calling you and telling you, you know. You know, what do you think about this person? Holy Spirit discuss between your own language too. Alright? He doesn't speak Queen's English all the time or King James Version. Are we together? Holy Spirit will come and speak to you just like your friend speaking to you. If you can do what I told you. Your mindset. Your mindset. Tonight, you are going to prophesy to yourself. Can I say something to you? The beginning of prophecy is proclaiming the word. Okay? If I want to prophesy to myself, and I say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I shall be head, I shall not be tail. It is written, I shall be, I shall, I shall, I shall not be on the top, I shall not be on the bottom, I shall be on top. It is written, I will pour my spirit upon you. I receive the appointment of the spirit of God. 
I can quote the scriptures to myself, okay? I can apply the word to myself and I can quote the scripture to somebody because it's a word of encouragement. Prophecy is encouragement. Word of comfort to somebody, it can be the written word you are quoting to that person. It's word of comfort. And when you quote those scriptures, you will be amazed that those scriptures are uh, they deal with a particular issue in the life of the person. That's why I told you the fundamental is first, the word, the more of the word you read, the more of God in your mind. Okay? And then mindset, so that you can access the mind of Christ. Being conscious that the Holy Spirit is in you and is with you, Therefore, when you open your mouth to pray with somebody, or you want to say you want to speak to somebody, expect God to speak through you. It may begin by declaring the word of God, then you will end up in speaking mysteries, not the word written, but the hidden mysteries of God. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine: Things that are hidden belong to God; things that are revealed belong to us. Let's stand up together now. I want to begin to speak to the Lord right now. Thank God first for this hour. Just pray a prayer of thanks to the Lord. Thank God for the mind of Christ in you. Thank God for the revelation spirit. Face mystery. Yes. Build up yourself. Build up yourself. Utter mystery. Edify your body. Edify your spirit. Breathe on me, breath of God. Take the microphone there. Yeah, my Lord. I say, everyone that was said to be sick, from this hour they are made whole. From this hour they are made whole. Every bone marrow disease you are healed. Every bone marrow disease you are made whole. The pigment that forms the cells of your body is made whole. Liver, kidney, Heart problems, you are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I command your lungs, your bladder to be healed in the name of Jesus. Sicknesses that has to do with the ovary or oviduct or the womb, you are healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The old order of things are passed away. The new order of things have been fulfilled. In this order, you are made whole. If any part of your organ is defective, receive a brand new one. People who have genetic diseases, be restored back to normalcy. In the mighty name of Jesus, kneecap, you are healed. In the name of Jesus, hips are healed. Your wrist is healed. Your, 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 your tassels are healed in the name of Jesus. Every pain in the joint of your body, be taken out in the name of Jesus as of Nazareth. Somebody who has a problem, a sickness of sleeping. They fall into deep coma. They sleep at a time they should be awake. You are made whole in the name of Jesus. 
Any manifestation in your body that is not approved by God. I terminate them in the name of Jesus. I command them to be pulled out from the roots. The Bible says every tree that my heavenly father had not planted shall be pulled out from the roots. So whatever tree that is germinating or be manifested in your body, in your lives, that are not of God, be pulled out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Your old strength is restored. Your old zeal is restored. Alright, Lord. Put your right hand over your face. You are blessed with sight. You are blessed with sight. You are blessed with sight. From this hour, begin to see. Beyond the veil of the physical, begin to see. Into the realm of the spirit, begin to see. Into the realm of the heart of the Father, begin to see. Your sight will mingle with understanding. Understanding be established by wisdom. Receive sight in the name of Jesus, Father of Mother. I bless you with the sight of the Father. Bless you with the sight of the Spirit. From this hour, it overtakes your conscious mind. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. Receive a new hearing aid by which you can hear clearly and distinctly the audible voice of God. Receive an hearing aid that is connected to human mind. That the things that God will speak to your inner spirit man, your mind shall receive and understand. And your lips shall open by faith and declare them out. Mystery shall be revealed in understanding. So shall it be from this hour. And so it is. Anyone in this place that have been suffering from, from torment in the night, I command your tormentors to be bound. I cast them to hell in the name of Jesus. I decree your tormentors are bound. It shall be revealed to some of you. When you shall sleep, you shall see them bound. Those who torment you on your dream are bound. Those who disturb your mind are bound. I cast them back to hell. In the name of Jesus. Their weapon over your mind are destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus. You shall lie down and sleep in peace. You shall lie down and sleep in peace. The Lord who keeps his men, who, who keeps his men on the, in the night, he will keep you in safety. So shall it be from this hour. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. 